listening to Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Another Imagine If presents Characters 101, Baron Helmet Von Zemo, if you want to go that way. Or is it just Baron Zemo? It's Baron Zemo, but that distinguishes which version of Zemo you're getting. <laughs> See, Wait, I, what? There was more than one Zemo? I, I enjoy the Von Zemo. That makes him some sort of like, like Duke, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, if you went to see... Uh, Marvel's Captain America's Civil War the movie uh, spoilers here uh, the the main villain the actual villain the one who orchestrates the Civil War pretty much between the two characters is Baron Zemo or Helmet Zemo he doesn't go by Baron in that movie he's he's a he's an ex soldier from Sokovia and he is pit uh, both. Uh, Captain America and Iron Man against each other by framing Bucky so that he can bring down the Empire that is the Avengers because he's basically his family is killed and torn. You, you've seen the movie, right? Yes. Okay. I've, I've, been, I've been trying to figure out a way to be like, whoa, spoilers. Come on, man. I'm out. Avengers? <laughs> when did that happen? No, he... Uh, uh, he what he, are he, Avengers? He, <laughs> his family is killed during Age of, Age of Ultron so he feels that he needs to tear apart their family. So here today is with me as always Chris Franey, hey. always here to, to do Imagine If with me, and we have a special guest from a conversation with Disney Machine podcast or video cast on YouTube, whichever way you want to watch it or listen to it. I like both. Ian Flynn. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> Glad that uh, you can. I, I, we pretty much we've had everybody on the show now except for uh, Sid. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my sister's a little bit tough to get a hold of. Sometimes. <laughs> well, it's okay. I mean, we all have busy careers or or schedules or lives yeah, and stuff. Until so until these things take off, we uh, we do this for fun. Not oh, for real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to go to work in a couple hours. <laughs> but thank, thanks a whole bunch. For for having me on i'm stoked to talk about this I, i'm glad you know when i when i met you and i, I saw there we we I, you had me on your guys' uh mm-hmm. video cast for uh, so when we, we we got to talking about comic books i was like this would be perfect for Ian <laughs> to show up on and talk talk comic books with us yeah i'm never really on camera but whenever they talk about comic books i'm just like splitting in half because <laughs> I, I just want to i just want to say things <laughs> oh, that's awesome i always love getting another comic book fan because mm-hmm. like yes like, you know it's funny like remember back in the day like when you were like in grade school like if you saw somebody read a comic it was like that mission was like i have to talk to them today yeah you know, like, i just found a new friend <laughs> so whenever i saw people reading comics like that it was like hey what are you reading <laughs> yeah. because when you're done with that i'd like to read it <laughs> actually, actually we were talking about that earlier today we were like when you when you come across another comic fan the first thing you do as a comic fan is assess what kind of comic book fan are they who is the comic book like what what's the book that they're into <laughs> like what's oh, who, what, what's their universe what's what, their yeah, universe yeah. Kind of i'm thing, not even yeah. talking marvel dc no, i'm no, talking no. about like specific characters <laughs> who, who do they hang out with so who, who is it that you hang out um with? i'm a i'm a huge batman fan okay I, I, I pride myself on being kind of a batman encyclopedia at this point that's awesome um, but if i had to really get into it 
it's I'm a I'm a Dick Grayson fan more than anything. Oh, nice! Wow. Yes. Nightwing is the man. Nightwing. He, <laughs> uh, me and uh, me and Rafi uh, from the podcast and all that I'm on, we've had several several bouts of which which Robin is best Robin, and I will not let it go. Dick Grayson. No, it, it is. It is. It's straight hands down. Like mm, I'm assuming because Rafi's a lot like me that his is Tim Drake. His is actually Damien. Really? Wow. Um, he, he says Tim Drake, and then Steven got involved and like threw a wrench and was like, Damian Wayne, and Rafi's turn switched like that. <laughs> he was like, wait, no, yes, Damian, let's go with Damian. <laughs> no, you know, okay, well, that, there you go. Mine yeah. is Tim Drake, and I, I, I just... Just because I like uh, the way that that character is written to be uh, more of the detective version of, mm-hmm. of Batman or, or of the Robins, whereas obviously Dick Grayson is more of the physical uh, Robin. Oh man, I could talk about this for, for years. <laughs> if, if, if we're going to go down this path, we need to change the topic on this one right we will, now. We will bring you back for the Dick Grayson 101. <laughs> Please do. Please do. I'll tear that apart. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, so then... Uh, well then otherwise would be uh as a batman fan i think every person who who was ventured into batman or you know at least knows it in a casual way has his favorite villain of the rogues who would yours be see mine's a tough one because it's i'm very split okay i'm I'm very split if we're talking about like it's it's three ways I, I love I love Harley Quinn. I've loved her since I was introduced to the character in Batman the Animated Series. She's adorable and she's deadly. Oh no, yeah. Like exactly. how do you not love that? And I, I and I think we've talked about her several times because you think about the fact that uh, in a comic book or a comic book character that's had what a lineage of uh, forever, uh, eighty years, <laughs> eighty plus years, and she's know, still or seventy hot. plus years, and she just was was introduced in what the nineties, and she's become so huge mm-hmm. and you know such a popular character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why not? I mean, and she's she's honestly more of a novelty for me. Like I I, I love her. I love her story arcs and stuff, but she's. Like she's she's more of a novelty for me. I but um, Scarecrow is one of my favorites, as is the Riddler. Oh, the Riddler! That's nice. my favorite right there. And I always prefer <laughs> when they when they write the Riddler a little bit darker. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like when he's pretty much just Jigsaw with a bunch of riddles. <laughs> yes. Like I love that because to me that feels that feels more Batman. Yeah, at least, no, those at are, least current Batman. Yeah, no, yeah, those are good story arcs. Like one, you you probably maybe you've read it. Dark Knight, Dark City. Did you ever get to read Ooh, that one? Yes, that one was so twisted the way the Riddler was. And like I remember one of the things was like That's, when they had to escape and they put the baby on the street and like. I remember clenching that comic because like, no, 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 he's no, no, in the no, no, Batmobile no. going full throttle, and he's like, "Baby in the street," and just hits the brakes, and like he probably bent the steering wheel, like, "Oh God!" And, and he he stops, he's like, "I don't hear a cry, I don't hear a cry," and he gets out there, and like, luckily the baby's safe and everything, but it was just like after that, you're like, "I'd beat the hell out of the Riddler after that," like, "Dude, you're a monster!" Oh, no, you know? and um, I I love it when they make the Riddler a character that you want to fight. Yes. That you want to see get fought. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate it when they take the Riddler and they make him a uh, bad guy Oracle. Yes. You know, you know what I mean? You're Where right. he's just like yeah. sitting behind the computer. So, Batman, <laughs> <laughs> you can't find me. Come find me. And it's one punch and it's done. Yeah. I don't like that. No. I like when he does put up a good stance. No, when he puts up battle. his intellect as, uh-huh. uh, as his weapon. Because that, that's would be that's his what he weapon. Does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to... Uh, Clayface, or who's just brute force, or the or Joker, Crocker, or, or the, the Joker, Joker who's yeah. just like my body is expendable. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, yeah, no, uh, that's uh, I've so, always been a big Riddler fan myself, and, yeah. and Scarecrow is is I think you always when you when or at least when you have a good writer in there, he can expose uh, Batman for for who he is for who he is, but like also the fact that Batman uses terror in in his arsenal. It's it's a really fun fire with fire kind exactly. of setup, yeah. and I I love. Okay, I love the Riddler for what he does as a character, for like who he is. I love the Scarecrow for what he is as a plot device. Because you can use the Scarecrow to reveal so much more character development in a single issue than you could in a year mm-hmm. of writing just this guy on his own. Right. You throw the you throw uh, Scarecrow in there and suddenly you know everything this guy's afraid of. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's true. Like The way he can play out with stuff, and I guess for me what makes Scarecrow like sinister is the fact that like he was a college professor mm-hmm. and like he would experiment on his students mm-hmm. I'm like oh dude you just violated so many trusts <laughs> so many and trusts i guess what, what's even scary about that is like like clayface isn't real you know that yeah but, like dr jonathan crane that could be real and that's what makes him even scarier mm-hmm. is that it's like oh geez man that, there's a professor out there who could be that nutty who could do stuff and like the that. Like the the representation of him that was my favorite wasn't even out of the comics. It was um, the Arkham series, like uh, the video game. Yeah, right, right. Like yeah. the the visual representation with of him, the, the fingers that have the syringes, the, and... the syringe glove, and the the burlap sack mask with the respirator in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that's beautiful. Why haven't? Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> why haven't it... we seen this before? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. They, in the comics, they went for a more simpler look when he was first created. And stuff it's like easier that. to draw. It's much times. easier to draw. But <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the way that they've gone and recreated him for that for the Arkham uh, series, you know, it makes him the thing of nightmares that mm-hmm. he wants to create in his subjects anyway. So there, you know, it, it fits perfectly. It's. It goes. Uh, it's too good. <laughs> um, so. With this week, this is the as the week that we were recording. This is the week that uh, a Rebirth came out. Did you get a chance to read Rebirth? I have not yet. Okay, Ooh. I didn't even. I, I feel bad because I didn't even know it was coming out. Yet. <laughs> I thought I still had two weeks. <laughs> yeah, you love it when the time just gets away from you like that. Uh, I love it and hate it because now I have something to look forward to when I'm off work tonight. Fair enough. Yeah, no, you got to track that down because even like it, well, being a Batman fan. If I remember correctly, I think this week is the Batman Rebirth. Oh, man. So now we're going to start getting, you know, all the singular. Like, I know Superman Rebirth, if I'm, I think yeah, that comes out this Wednesday. Or when this, it'll come out a Wednesday. I don't know how time travel works. With this, but um, that's going to be a, a real exciting comic book. Because, I mean, like, well, I don't want to spoil it for oh, you. Oh, no, please, it, please spoil oh, it. It's beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. so the, the narrator of that comic is Wally West. Like, okay. the, you know... Kid Flash, Silver, not not necessarily Silver Age, but like the Wally we remember before Flashpoint. Yeah, and it's awesome good, because good old Wally West. Yeah, and he's got like he's got heart and soul in this, and it's like at first he's like, I need to come back to life, you know, and and uh, the, the first character he makes contact, and this is what you'll like it, like he makes contact with Batman. Okay. And so that's a real big opening salvo, and it's kind of like it almost mirrors, you know, how how Flashpoint ended when it was Barry, you know, once he he comes back into the new timeline and he he sees Batman, he's like, here's this letter for you, you know, and, uh, and Batman just kind of tears up, and they reference the letter. Now I'm you know? tearing up, like oh, that dude. This book uh, was just beautiful, like, and 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 Wally goes around visiting stuff and visiting people and and seeing things and pointing out like this is missing, that's missing, there's a mistake here, we went wrong there. 
And then finally, the, the, the best piece of it was, you know, he, he, he gets to a point where he accepts that, like, okay, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die. I'm okay with that as long as I can be remembered. And then it's like, well, I'm not even going to be remembered, but that's fine. I understand my place in all this. And he's going to consign himself off. And he gets to see Barry. And he's like, you won't remember me, but it's okay. Thank you for everything you've given me. And he starts to, like, phase out. And then you just see Barry's eyes, and he's kind of looking, like, confused. And then all of a sudden, he's like, Wally? And, like, he just pulls him out, and they hug. And he's like, how could I ever forget? And you're like, oh, my God. That oh, could man. Be like, <laughs> I'm so excited for year, this. You know? and, I'm so excited oh. for this. I can, I can already hear my fiancé making fun of me a little bit for probably crying <laughs> reading this. Dude, it was such a beautiful uh, book. Like, uh, like I, I am – my energy and excitement for the DCU is just – a thousand times more than it was because New Fifty Two kind of bogged it down for me. It, it kind of, yeah, yeah. Well, because it it's did. like, like I don't mind reading about younger characters. I'm fine with that. But it's like, you know, like well, like Batman got tough because it's like, okay, well, because Dick Grayson has a great history as Robin and even as Batman too. And it's like, did any of that happen? Does it count? Are we talking about Dick Grayson being like from the fight for the cowl ending? Yeah, where, right. where Dick. Well, won? yeah, even in, even all that too. You know, you're like, like that was my favorite ending. I don't think <laughs> I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great story. Like for me, and, and for me as a comic book fan, because I, I just love this like symmetry that the two universes have sometimes. And it was great because you had Bucky Cap, and you had you know Dick Grayson you, Batman. You, you had you know so you, you had like, the, which version the, do I want to read? And like I'm, you, I'm you, you had the 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 sidekick patriarchs at this point. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and 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 that's what we're told. I mean, what they're totally talking about in Rebirth of the whole legacy of these characters, you know, the history coming back because, like you, know, like you were saying, after New Fifty Two came out, you, you don't know what existed and you don't know what happened, what didn't mm-hmm. happen. There, you you'd ask these the creators and stuff and be like, did this happen? Maybe did yeah. did he fight Superman or did he did Superman fight fight Doomsday? Um, we think so. You know, it's like. Well, where, where yeah, are we like, falling? Does, in does this my favorite stuff? story count? Like, <laughs> is it gone? Is it there? And that's, you know? that's the. Um, I keep trying to get my fiance into into comics and stuff because I love them so much, and I've loved them forever, and mm-hmm. I would love to pass that on and get her into it. But she's always like, I don't know where to start. And there's so much stuff that happened that never happened <laughs> that was a thing that nobody liked. Yeah. And <laughs> I might just be one of the like, four people that loved it. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah. well. You just got to find what works for you, and she's never known where to start. So I tried to get her to start in New Fifty Two because things were kind of yeah. It's like there's like, okay, well, here's a start. Uh huh. Like you know, this is here's a saga. Yeah, grab you know. grab New Fifty Two issue one of whoever you want to read, and yep. just go for it. And she she started to, and I I feel the exact same way she did. Where it's like <laughs> this is what is this? Something does fall flat. Well, yeah, because like like. I I, I, li- I like Superman. I always love reading a Superman comic. You know, he's not my favorite all time character, but I, I always love going through his he adventures. He does have very interesting story arcs for yeah. comic. Yeah, he, he does. Like they do it, but you know what I noticed with New Fifty Two? They did a horrible job of ending a story arc. Mm-hmm. Like I got fired up for Truth. I was like, you know what? I'm willing to ride this out. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to go with the short hair, the t-shirt and jeans, and the the, the, the lesser powers. I'm cool with that. You know what? Okay, because. If you're a comic book fan, you know it comes full circle. So instead of twittering and telling a writer to go kill himself because you made <laughs> like Captain America Captain Hydra America, agent, yeah. just wait. Six <laughs> issues is going to be resolved. You know? Can I just say, okay, right now, since we're talking about the Captain America Hydra <laughs> thing, I don't care. I've been waiting for Captain America to go Hydra. Like, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a natural it's, progression with storytelling. We've, we've you had... Know? We've had um, Batman story arcs where Batman is now the Joker. Mm-hmm. Why can't we have 
Captain America be a Hydra agent at no. least once, at and, least for a minute. And you know that eventually he's going to come back. I mean, it, Captain either, America didn't die, no. he came back. You know? yeah. He didn't stay old, he came back to being young. It's, no. it, they're always going to come back, like, so why it's, would it's you... Always, it's always going to come back, be it that story arc, that universe is going to end, Yeah, and then a new one's going to start up, and Cap's <laughs> going to be the good old Cap that we love, <laughs> and we're going to have Bucky, who is... The rightful sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it's just like, that, that's what kills me about it. Because, like, comic books, yeah, I remember, uh, the three of us probably remember that, sitting down, like, you could grab an issue, read it, and that was a complete story. And that mm-hmm. was awesome. And then, you know, I want to say probably, you know, like, I think it was talking about, the, like, around 2000, 2004, that's when they really started thinking about, like, trade paperbacks. Like, like these long-term can have, stories. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's do, let's do arcs, all the time arcs. So... It was four issue arcs and then six issue arcs and six is the golden number because that can sell a good trade or hardcover. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay, we get that. So now we as fans, we understand like like you were pointing out with Batman with the owls. It's like, okay, you'll read that first story arc. Um, oh, God, I forget what it was called. I don't even remember. The second story arc was the Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. So it's like even though you get this resolution, but there's still a deeper story. And that's awesome because that just means Scott Snyder's run was that much better for it because mm-hmm. it's like he and goes that- through these adventures – and it's a continuing saga, but you you know there's definitely like and I, I really, resolution. To I really enjoy Scott Snyder's work. Yeah, he did a great job with it. Did beautiful job. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't even know how to put words into how well he did. <laughs> no, it, it's funny to see that you're so stumped in just the words right now. <laughs> I, I reading all the way through Quarter Owls. I picked it up and it was like, okay, I see what's going on here. Holy crap! What is talent? Oh my god! I need more talent in my life. Wow. Oh my god! And to find out that that Nick Grayson was supposed to be a talent. Yeah, that was a, that was uh, no, a story okay. point that just blew my mind. If 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 they went if they if they followed through on that and made Dick Grayson a talent. Life, life done. You can just stop writing comics right there. Just keep telling me that Dick Grayson is a talent, and I'm set. Well, like, and, and that's what's wild about it. And it's funny because, like, like I got lucky with that regard because I was just I, I, at that point in my comic collecting, I was just buying books to collect them, just to have them. Yeah, because like I was like, well. I don't necessarily know if this new 52 is going to stick around because last time Jim Lee came in and was like, I could fix the universe. We called it Heroes Are Born. It was <laughs> the Marvel year, universe. And then it died, thankfully, and we got Heroes Return, which was amazing. I, I vote that we can use him as a resource, not as a head, not as a head writer. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I love Jim Lee art. but oh, his, yeah. his, his art is phenomenal, but we if, if we're going to keep using him, yeah, let's like, keep him on retention. Yeah. <laughs> like you're you're good for the pictures. I don't think you should be in the think tank. You know? like, or you know. use him in the think tank, but just be sparing. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't be afraid to say no. Yes, he's a co-publisher. Don't be afraid to say no. I think that's like, the hey, one. Right here. Don't let don't let him. <laughs> Bully. Don't let him turn into Moffat. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Don't, don't let him be Moffat. Like, we don't need another one of those. Uh, but uh, but no. But so anyway. So yeah, I was like, I think I was like almost two years. <laughs> behind in terms of batman so i just did a binge read and i like and I, I didn't plan on it i was like oh i'll read a couple here and there like maybe three or four and i was like i can't stop because scott snyder's work was so good welcome to the game yeah well <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and then zero year came and i remember oh, man zero i remember year. like i remember that was a tough one because like going back to the start of new 52 when it was like well what counts what doesn't and for the most part luckily grant morrison was there so grant morrison's like it all counts 
Like even the Silver Age wacky stuff, it all counts. So D- I think DC kind of humors him. They're like, "Yeah, Grant, sure, not really, <laughs> no. but it's okay." But and so I was like, "Okay, well, you're one." To him a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yes, but sometimes no. no. no sometimes, <laughs> sometimes no. There's definitely times where it's like, "Grant, shut up." Yeah. <laughs> we need his meds. No, but uh, um, like so, zero or year one because like I love that story. I think it's mm-hmm. a great origin tale. You know, and I was like, "Well, is that going to get lost? Is that going to?" You know, stay or go. And I'm not a Frank Miller fan. Like I, I really, yeah, neither am I. And it's fine because I, I love his, I love his wow. Daredevil. Wait, because okay, here's what gets me, and this is, and this is what will be interesting because there was one okay. major thing I didn't mention with Rebirth. Okay. The Watchmen are coming into the DCU. Yes, you know, so I'm this so is, excited about that. It's it, about damn time. Well, it, it, I'm excited about it because I'm excited Can to see where it's going to go. Can we just have Night Owl fight Batman? <laughs> I, I Would hope you want to see that. to fight Batman? No, I want Night Owl. because They're pretty much the same. <laughs> that's that's the <laughs> Batman be- Blue Beetle baby that yeah. they called it that. You know, <laughs> Night Owl is the poor man's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, like I, I'm excited to see that, and it's interesting because like what I'm really picking up, and maybe this is just my my inflections on it, but what I'm hearing from like from Jeff Johns and, and company, it's like, well, you know, comics were happy and hip and popular, and then you know, 1980, 1984, 1986 came along. Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen came out, and yes, they're they're great stories. You should but they're dark read as them. hell. But they're dark as hell, and it's like. That has been uh, the linchpin for anything we do and with DC. Heavy. They yeah. are heavy. They Very are heavy. Dark Knight oh, Returns man. is heartbreaking at times. <laughs> the Watchmen. I was reading it and I'm like, what am I? What? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. My. Yeah, and it's it, and it's crazy because of the impact. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, that's cool. But it really has shaped the DC universe. And it's to a point where it's like, like luckily Kingdom Come came out and that shaped the DCU. And it was like, okay, so everything's going to converge to Kingdom Come. But then they'd have these moments where it's like, well, we're not going to go there. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. And it's like, that, that's fine. Like, to me, like, I, you should never know the end of the DC or Marvel Universe because you're not going to live long enough. The, no. the, those books will keep going on. I mean, Spider Man's still going to be in high school. I remember when I was in high school and Spider Man was there. Now he's not, you know? <laughs> and I appreciate Spider Man. Spider Man kind of annoys me from time to time. I, I love Spider Man to death. Uh-huh. But I think it's because. I've always viewed Spider-Man as a coming-of-age comic. Yeah, I can see that. He's perpetually in high school. He's perpetually dealing with high school issues and having to be a superhero. Right. So, like, having to, to live outside of yourself and be something bigger. And I've always viewed him as, as a coming-of-age comic. And the, I guess it sounds really sad. Like, the more I think about it, the, the, the older I get, the less I can... Relate? The, the less I can relate to him. And the more it's just like, dude, Peter... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny how that goes because it's like, like, uh, you know, like for me, like, well, I, during my day job, you know, I'm a teacher. And I remember right around the time I really was conscious about it, I was like, okay, I'm going to start. Because I was going, like, I went to college and I, I was mm-hmm. going for a math degree. And I was like, what am I going to do with a math degree? You you're know, gonna be, you're going to be spider uh, Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I built these web shooters. Now, but uh, so anyways, I was all Turns excited about it. Phenomenal. And so when I kind of was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing, you know, like I'll take a couple ed courses, see how that feels. And that's when JMS was writing the book and he made Spider-Man a teacher. Right. So for me, it lit up again. I was you're like, like, this oh, is okay. perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm back to that. You know, like I, 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 we're, we're back in the same struggle again. But it's like, as I read it, I'm like. And I'm glad he grows up, but like right now, they've made him like Tony Stark Jr. in the books. And I'm, you know? I'm kind of okay with that. It's fun. And like the, the, I'll read it because it's 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 going to be shocking. What the, are the twists the path and turns that they took with him in Civil War? 
where he is just kind of Tony Stark Jr. Oh, no. I'm talking like if you're reading the books right now, like he's got his own company, Parker Industries. So it's P.I., okay. which is funny because Pi. And, and, and like – you know he he's got his industries. Uh, Spider Man is he's got way more armors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. All this cool stuff they've created a new Spider Mobile that actually looks pretty cool. It it fans out. It's got like eight wheels on it. It can go up the sides of buildings and all this stuff. And he, he's traveling the world a lot more. And one day he goes to like a, a a charity gala and he runs into Tony Stark and you know they're both wearing the same suit. You know so it's like oh wow they've they've propelled him like it's to the point where finally. Peter Parker's being a lot smarter about the way he does stuff, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to like Spider-Man's usually been pretty good about, but now Peter Parker is starting to develop more as a character. So, so he's going to be the Peter Parker you saw in House of M? Pretty darn close to it. <laughs> like he's, but the thing is, he's okay. not necessarily a celebrity <laughs> because of like his Spider-Man is. Right. Peter Parker's a celebrity because of his intelligence. Right. So that's, that's massive. Right. You know, you know you're right. But, and uh, I feel the, the obligation because if Sid were here, Sid would start screaming about Spider Gwen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have the obligation to, to I, bring it up. I, I have the obligation. Well, how do you feel about Spider Gwen? You know, I think it's a neat idea. Um, there's so many, like, this is one of those things, like, like I remember when they, they first announced it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick up that book because Spider Gwen made her first appearance in one of the uh, tie in books to the big um, Spider Universe. Yeah, Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Spider Verse. So I was like, whoa. Well, Gwen, this is like this is big territory. So I, I, I went and picked up the issue and I, I flipped through it and it was good. Mm-hmm. It was good and and I like that she has her own life. You know where it's like okay, this is what I've done and because of what I done, Peter died. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I, I like the I like the switch on it. Yeah, I think that's awesome. But I, the thing that I get, the thing that I miss about it, and this is DC's done it too. Mm-hmm. Like, did you by chance read Convergence when DC yes. did that one? And I think it was like issue two or three when they had the big like. Thomas Wayne Batman meets Bruce Wayne Batman mm-hmm. and you're like this is going to be phenomenal and I remember reading an interview and Tom King was like that's going to be a scene that you're going to love and the majority of it happened off panel Yep, and it kind of fell flat on his face yeah and I'm like and to me like that should be one of those big things like you should just have an issue of you know Peter as Spider-Man and Gwen as Spider-Woman and they're just talking and it's like like they should be reminiscing mm-hmm. it should be sad it should be funny it should be hopeful and that's what we need because that like imagine if you got to see one of the greatest loves of your life again because in both universes the other one died yeah Uh, you know so they could talk about like oh man I had like a whole like clone saga did that happen to you (laughs) oh yeah there were like 20 Gwen clones running around (laughs) you know we we had the brunette Spidey you know or something so the Scarlet Spidey you know like I'm like that would be great that'd be so much fun as a reader to read and and, in those moments and could you imagine like you know the big hug scene and, and then when he talks about how she died in his world and what he did after and and how she talks about it and and it could be just so bittersweet and i really don't think we have gotten that comic yet which is a bummer because that's we that's uh, gonna be our best issue that's gonna be a real good one i don't think i'll read it but like i'll let sid read that one (laughs) so now that i think we our listeners and and the two of us have gotten a good uh uh, idea of of your your comic books of of me and my comic history i'm sorry no 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 no. that's awesome dude i just exploded exactly what we're here for for a minute (laughs) we have a uh listener who has chimed in and he wants to know uh could you guys do a conversation of dc and marvel teaming up imagine uh what Imagine if Dr. Fate and Dr. Strange were working together. Ooh. That'd be awesome. Okay, are we talking about Dr. Fate the person or Dr. Fate the entity? 
Ooh, he doesn't Be- specify. Because I feel like if we could get Doctor Strange to wear the helmet, you can't stop him. Wow, that you know that's not bad. You know, like that's kind of well the amalgam. That makes the amalgam, amalgam universe. They, they kind of Doctor, Doctor Strange fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, okay, I, I wasn't even. I for, I completely forgot that happened. Oh, <laughs> oh that's some of my favorite stories yeah, that from that day stuff. right there. Well, see, I love I love when DC and Marvel play together. I love when they work stuff out. Um, like Marvel, like actually, it's funny talking about Rebirth again. So when we first saw the Rebirth thing, you just saw the blue curtain with the word Rebirth, mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, what is this? You know, Dan Didio and Jim Lee tweet that out. And then last Wednesday, when the comics got released, and we finally got, all right, here's the Rebirth issue. And of course, an issue of Deadpool came out, and they had a variant cover, and it's the same blue curtain, and it says Deadpool, and you see like Deadpool popping out, and he's totally naked, and it's like a little burlesque show. And I'm like, that's hilarious. Like I'm glad Marvel can poke fun at this stuff like when they did the the villains 3d covers they did a deadpool mm-hmm. cover a 3d cover and all this stuff uh, but dc isn't there yet they're not ready to play with them and i miss that stuff i miss when you would have the two universes so i think that'd be great like the nexus of magic you know like yeah you'll have like mephisto he's trying to break through because there's a whole universe of people to corrupt like could you imagine if mephisto went after like captain marvel that's the ultimate soul to steal neuron comes over to the Marvel Universe and it's like Dr. Fate and Dr. Strange are like, all right, we're the ones who got to stop these. And I don't feel like this is too far-fetched given the the scale of what both sides of the line play with. Yeah. They, they constantly go between realms of realms dimensions. and dimensions yeah. and they're breaking reality and putting it back together. <laughs> Why can't one just be like, okay, uh, I'm in Metropolis <laughs> or yeah. okay, I'm in New York. It, it would totally work out that way. Uh, I mean, for... At, at at almost no explanation if the two if the reader knew the, about the two different worlds because mm-hmm. um it's it's real easy they're magic yeah exactly the magic <laughs> works out perfectly so, yeah so yeah I mean if you if you were to have you know Mephisto and and uh, 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 Neuron uh, teaming up or Dormammu you know coming around you know wanting to 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 get into the, the DC universe and Doctor Strange and Doctor Fate had to get together like what would that what would that first interaction be? Do you do you feel? I feel like I think that I think would be kind of neat. It's like play with something like because I like how you talked about the helm of Naboo, mm-hmm. and then what is it the the, 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 eye of the eye. Could you imagine if those two items kind of repel each other? So at first they're oh. like, oh, oh, I can't trust you. Like my helmet. My, my, my helmet says you. that your necklace is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like at the end of it, they're kind of like, "Well, those are our most sacred, trusted totems." But then that's when the men inside have to kind of like, "All right, they have to work you know, it out." Yeah, it's like, "Well, I but, get you know." See, and the the question I have there though on this whole thing is, if Doctor Strange wore the helm of Naboo, would he be able to take it off? That's I, I don't think he would. would I, don't, let I don't think him. I don't think <laughs> wouldn't let him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't I don't think he'd be able to take it off. So at that point, if that happened, you'd have to end the universe. <laughs> <laughs> We're destroying all of creation. So there you no, go, I, Anthony. You just, you've broken the universe with uh, trying to get you these two, like, two of them. <laughs> like, like you'd have to you'd have to physically end that. And start it over. <laughs> We're going back I, in time. I want to read that or get uh, get the flash involved. You know, but you know, using the 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 uh, the helmet and the and the Aigamagamaru, you might have a big bang big bang too, just like in uh, Doctor Who, <laughs> to recreate the universe. Yep. Well, you know, it'd be cool. Like you do that. Like put it. You know, the the, the helmet goes on the strange. And it's like, all right, this new Doctor Strange Fate entity, or you know, Doctor Strange Fate, or Doctor, yeah, wasn't that what they called him? Yeah, that's what. And they you called could him. bring the amalgams back. 
Like now, Doctor Strange's fate is like oh, I'm bringing crap. back like Captain America, Superman, Super Soldier, Batman, actually, Wolverine, Dark Claw, boom, and the, there you go. There's a great anniversary issue. That know? would be actually pretty incredible if they wrote that story where the two of them just fought, they they met and then he, he for some reason throws it on and then the character that existed in the Amalgam universe. Like his consciousness came back. Yeah, he yeah. manifests. He's like, yep. "This is who I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. and now let like me this, recreate my universe." Like this yep. is this is the peak of my existence. <laughs> this is this is me and all of my glory. <laughs> and yep. he remembers that storyline of of the amalgamation. Yeah, like, Can we bring the amalgamations you? back? Oh, who God, do we have I to wish. yell at to get that to be a thing? <laughs> Even if it's just for a minute, I, uh, <laughs> just for a minute, guys. If it could be, uh, I don't know. It'd have to be uh, who's the E I C. Oh, we we have to now. we have to kidnap Axel Alonso and Tom Bell. Root and, See, and I, Jim I, Lee and Dan Didio, we have to get the four of them and be like, listen, guys. <laughs> this is what us, the fans, want. Put aside the petty creativeness. And just because and I want I want Bucky and Nightwing to be an amalgamation. You I know don't, what's funny? I don't know what they would be. I think oh, they might man. just remain themselves. Uh, the winter wing, winter, winter wing, boom! That's beautiful. Like the metal arm, yeah, and all of the sass, yeah. and the seventies disco nightwing outfit, please. Are we, no, no, no. Actually, that'd be cool. Like as you, because like, you know how the, the winter soldier and everything. You know how the winter soldier was doing time. There's one part where they they revive him, and like in the seventies, like we need you to go on a mission, <laughs> and you totally give him that throwback costume. That'd be fun, you know, like. You just have uh, that. Would, would, would he get to keep his his batons, his his like taser taser baton? He'll get those in the eighties when he gets revived in the eighties. That's when he picks that up. You know, it's like, and all then right. when he gets woken up in the nineties or later, that's when Bucky takes over completely, and he's like guns, only yeah, guns. Yeah. guns. Uh, we don't need know? any of that other stuff. Yeah. Big guns, giant metal arm. That's all I understand. You know what's funny is that ready uh, to cooperate. You, you, you putting the two of them together, uh, and in my mind, I've always seen Jason Todd and, and Bucky being the equivalent of each They're, other. They are very similar. At least the, how, that's how they're written now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, but, but being if, Dick if Grayson was the first one, he would be the, buck, the he, he, like Bucky. He's the Bucky equivalent. Right. But that would be a better combination, I believe, to put Bucky and Red Hood together. Actually, no. Uh, this is where I would have to say no. Because if when you when you read like what Bucky went through and all that stuff, he very much is. It's like, like basically, if, if they had a story where Dick got possessed... Mm-hmm. You'd under you'd see the same turmoil, true. Because and Bruce like, would go through the exact same extents that that Cap went through. Yeah, to try, to and bring try him to back. revive him to get him back through that. And, you and saved that's my the life. hard part I because your blight come back yeah, to me. Because like with, with with Bucky, Bucky got lost, you know, because of the Russians and the 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 the, the, the programming. Jason was already lost and Batman tried to save him. Like they're they're lost but in two different ways. Like one was just like, well, you're kind of a rotten kid, but I'm going to bring you into this world and try to save you and hopefully you'll change your ways. And he never did, and that's what led to his death and he was just too his change of mind. Yeah. yeah it totally that was, was. that was that was the that's it in a nutshell. It's also one of the darkest moments in comics in my opinion. Yeah, oh god. To have a whole a, a whole community as a whole vote yeah, to kill one eight hundred kill your sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but you know the fact that what, it was what by like only a handful of votes that that one it was yeah actually it's like I think it was like somewhere around fifty somewhere around fifty votes somewhere around fifty but still that that, that <laughs> still means that more yeah. people voted to kill a kid. Well, but you know what's even sad about that? Like because I remember watching something and then the news was talking about it. You know they had some and they're like oh they're gonna kill off uh, Batman's sidekick. No, not Dick Grayson. And they're like no, it's not Dick Grayson. Oh. 
well then who cares and it's like so the Jason Todd part like that's the part that I was like I, eh, I, you know whatever I didn't like Jason Todd for a very long time and then I finally came back around on him when Red Hood happened mm-hmm. um, I watched Under the Red Hood with my sister and the whole time we were flipping out it's like oh, oh my that god was a good this animated is adaptation. so good this is so good yeah. and then I, I couldn't get enough I had to go read about it I had to I, th- I think yep. I spent about six days collectively on the internet, just like, what is this? So you, then you read uh, Judd Winnick's Red Hood. I'm and, sorry. Uh, <laughs> like, are you talking the comic series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The comics. I liked the comic series. Okay. Like, I, like, I, I enjoyed the. I enjoyed it as the novelty it was. <laughs> I wanted it very much so to be more because you had you had Speedy and you had Starfire in the mix. Which means you had so much more to play with, true, yep. than just the the broody. I don't want to be part of Batman's family anymore, <laughs> but I can't get out because the Joker decided to reprogram <laughs> me, and I'm scared of what I'll do. Right, like get over yourself and just go be a bad guy. Yeah, like to take Red Hood it's, as the antihero. Yeah, and the antihero. To, as the antihero and swing him across. It's like if you took. <clears throat> it's okay. Yeah, it's like if you took. Um, Venom and swung him across like they've done multiple times and make him go run around with Carnage. Yep. Yep. So take take Red Hood that's very much so either side of the line make him go run around with a the Joker. There you go. Boom. Well, I, I, I like the thing is I, I, if I if I had my way with him I think it's like because I always remember in the comics you'd, you'd, you'd hear you know like that was Batman's greatest failure you know when he let Jason Todd yeah when he let him you know when, when he died. And I think that'd be even better now. The biggest failure is the fact that he didn't save him. And we're not talking about saving his life. We're talking about saving him because, yeah, now you have Red Hood, who is this just, you know, this big reign of terror on Gotham. And that's what he should be like. Like, like keep the code. I think that'd be funny where he keeps the code like he's not going to kill, but he's not going to hurt people. So, you know, he's not going to be a threat to the city. But he's like, yeah, if, if Scarecrow runs across my path, I'll kill him. You know, if Joker runs across my path, I'm definitely killing him. <laughs> you know? And then that's where, like, because, like, I did love, like, that that movie adaptation was fantastic, mm-hmm. you know. Taking down the crime bosses? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, that's where he needs to be. Like, he needs to, he's the Punisher of the DC. Yeah, he, like, you know, that's, that's, that's very, I, that I feel like is. they're a little late to introducing, uh, to introducing him, but that's that's his role that he fills. Yeah. But I would like to say, you said, why not Rorschach and Batman fight? <laughs> I would like to see Rorschach and Red Hood fight. <laughs> specifically because they operate under similar codes. They do. Yep. I didn't in even terms think about of, that, but you're right. In terms that's of, a, that's a good I'm not going to hurt you if you're not doing anything wrong. Right. Yeah, like, but oh, you, that's you step out of line once, and I'm going to put you down. <laughs> yeah. like, no, I like that because actually, that's a good way to phrase it: putting you down. Because I always think of that that line he, was he like, said, "Well, if a dog, dog mauls you, we you put, put the down. dog down." So why not this? And and I could totally see Jason Todd being like, "Yep, that's my code." Yep, that's they're, they're, they're going to have about. a big dialogue right at the right at the front where Jason Todd's like, "I have no idea who you are." Rorschach will use some big words. <laughs> I, then, I could just see Rorschach and do his little. Humph, you know, <laughs> humph, and then like they team up and just go kill bad guys. So they're fight like they throw a couple punches. They kind of size each other up and it's like, all, all right, right. <laughs> want to go kill some bad guys? Sure, here we go. And then throughout the thing, there's a uh, a big uh, the news is going to call it a murder spree. Eventually, Nightwing and Night Owl show up. <laughs> Actually, up until this point, what you described is kind of like Boondock Saints. Yeah, <laughs> the two of them are the brothers, and they're just going oh, around killing. See, and then, yeah, and then Nightwing and Night Owl show up, and they're like, "All right, what's going on, guys? Like, Stop." Yeah, <laughs> it's cool that some of the badness is off the streets, but the but, streets are running red right now. <laughs> but this is this is too far. <laughs> 
All right, Anthony uh, Berrigan, I hope that we answered your question and gave you a little bit extra. Uh, that's what would happen if uh, the, the world was ever to be Dr. Fate and Dr. Strange. Uh, now uh, we would go ahead and go on to our 101 for this week, which is uh, Zemo. Helmet Zemo that we talked about. Um, how did you feel about his uh portrayal in in the movie in, in civil war i'm not sure did we ever find that case file because i feel like that's what's going to tell me <laughs> i'm pretty sure <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing that's what that uh that video file that that tony that's, stark that's what watches they so, yeah he, he really right. wanted that, that particular was, video file so that he, tony stark so would see he, could, he could rip them apart yeah um i i don't know much about zemo we talked about this before we we sat down to start doing this um in the the little tiny bit that i know about him I'm okay with how they with how they brought him across. Um, he he wasn't a huge player, but he did just just enough to make things happen. Right. So and it was it was, it was all subtle enough too. Mm-hmm. Um, like I you, think you knew he was up to something, but you never knew what until it happened. Until it happened. Until it was revealed. Um, I think I, what a lot of people said, or at least at least what I heard a lot around the internet, and you know how trustworthy the internet is but what? Uh, <laughs> a lot of people were wor- were upset that you didn't you weren't going to see the purple the purple mask the purple ski mask that is almost a trademark of uh zemo and the zemo family and it wasn't going to show up in the movie but i think once you realize what had happened what happens in the movie and how his character is portrayed you're okay with it if they were to in the future have him as a bad guy because he, he lives at the end which I'm excited about because this is one of the first bad guys that they've had show up that's a reoccurring bad guy that they didn't put down they didn't put yeah. down right exactly they didn't put they Ultron I mean, you, they you put still down, have Loki you know, yeah. but like well you're not going to get rid of Tom Hiddleston that guy's just that's, that's <laughs> he's too box office gold right he's there too, he's too beautiful <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, you might see a, a iteration or some type of uh, version of the of the purple ski mask. But uh, I was okay with it not being in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, you had no idea who he was. So exactly. To, so to give him the purple ski mask that he's known for, it would have been. Um, some people would have gotten it. I wouldn't have. So it has been like cool, interesting <laughs> costume choice. Why purple? No, <laughs> just, and well, see, I, I like. The costume thing, I'm okay without it. Like, at first, I was kind of like, oh, bummer, you know, just because you want to see as much as you can. Like, you go back to Winter Soldier with Batroc the Leaper. He looks, they yeah. did the costume. They just didn't do the mask. And you're like, wow, that was cool. Um, but, like, character-wise, dude, he was awesome. Right. Oh, man. Like, so methodical. It's funny because we're, we're looking at a summer where we have, you know, basically, you know, Batman versus Superman, Captain America versus Iron Man. What an amazing time, you know, like just with the with the titles alone, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, this is awesome. And so it's like when you sit down and look at it, it's like, well, Luther wasn't a good bad guy because he kind of helped form the Justice League. You know, it's like, here's these secret dossiers on people. I've already designed logos for them. They don't know about this yet, but here we go. <laughs> and, you know, but it's like, OK, fine, whatever. You know, it is what it is. There's plenty of talk for that later. But Zemo, he did. He went in and destroyed the spirit of the Avengers, and which to me was fantastic because there's a great storyline. So if we're talking um, Helmet Zemo, okay. Well, um, before we get to the storyline, let's 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 talk about. I'm sorry, I don't want to uh, derail your. You're going to stop uh, a spoiler for what's <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, but you, you can't talk about Helmet without talking about Einrich, which is his father, yep. which is originally introduced during uh, uh, Captain America's run or earlier run, right? Well, the early Avengers. So let's see. For me, all right. So actually, it's funny. So when I first met Zemo as a character. Um, I remember getting. Actually, I bought Captain America issue four hundred. 
It was a great big old fat comic book. So, of course, those are the ones you always bought as a kid. And on the back of it, after the main story, there was um, a reprint of Avengers number four, which was the first time we got Captain America back in the Silver Age. And I remember reading that, and you just saw you know, that it was basically Zemo was the one responsible for the big bomb that goes, and Cap and Bucky jump on it, and they fall into the waters, and we're presumed Bucky's dead and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right. just like, oh, man. So that was the villain I always remember. Um, so yeah, 1964. So when we get our first Zemo, and then he's always been retconned back that he was there in World War II. He was a he was a good old goose stepping Nazi and all that. Um, part oh, of the Masters of Evil, you know, like yeah, he's basically like a you know poor man's Red Skull, you know, one of those. Um, and it was funny because why did he have his mask? Well, because of course they would all wear spectacular costumes, and he comes up with I think it literally was called Adhesive X. This like ultra super glue, and he's gonna use it on the American Allied soldiers, and of course so Captain America, some like yeah, some goofy, and so Cap's like hell no, we're gonna stop this, and he winds up kicking, and the the vat goes on to Zemo, and it glued the mask to his face, so that's more of his motivations. Like I hate you, you stuck my Halloween mask <laughs> to my face, <laughs> I can't take this it. off. <laughs> I could never eat again. Yep. So now, now I'm mad. I'm, I'm extremely Take all of evil. my sustenance intravenously now. Yeah. But uh, but he was such a great one because he was one of the first ones to start getting some of the major Marvel villains to team up. Like mm-hmm. he was like, okay, we're going to form this Masters of Evils. So he got the Executioner and um, oh, what was the female Thor villain? The Enchantress. The Enchantress. Um, and in the end, he was actually the one who led to the creation of Wonder Man. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. hey, we'll imbue with this ionic energy and you've got powers. Um, and then they do it. And he's like, well, you're going to die if we don't give you this cure. So you're working for us. So he's just a dick. You know, a good old 1960s dick. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, uh, jump forward to modern day. And by modern day, I mean the 1970s. You get Helmet Zemo, which is his son. Yep. So his first appearance was? Well, okay, so uh, he was one of those characters where he appeared several times. So the very first time we get a taste of him is Captain America issue 168, December 73, as a character called Phoenix. Uh, obviously, that wasn't a good idea. So not finally, the yeah, not, not the Jean <laughs> Grey stuff. Not the Phoenix, it's not just, the Celestial Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, just another another Phoenix like Arizona. But uh, <laughs> so Captain America two seventy five and two seventy six. That's where we get the one two punch, and that's where we see him come in with the purple ski mask, the weird white fluffy coat tie ons that he had, and. It's because that's 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 style. Okay, uh, yeah. he very much. You could tell, like when he designed his costume, he's like, "I want some hints of my dad, but I want some style." Damn it, you know. Uh, like, he's like, "My dad was cool and all, but my dad never knew what fashion." I want, was. A, I want a gold waist belt that covers up the abs, and I want like a feather boa that I don't well, have to hold wore, on to. He, he wore the the gold waist belt to cover up the abs because he didn't want to work out before <laughs> becoming a supervillain. So there he's like, go. "I'll just cover it until yeah. I have my I own. just hold them in place. They'll they'll form." Um, but yeah, he is uh, helmet. He he did such a great job. Like one of his biggest stories. And oh man, now I just dropped the title of this one. Um, oh, Avengers Under Siege. So he forms his own um, his own version of Masters of Evils. They go and they attack the Avengers Mansion. The the, the mansion is in like just shambles. It's destroyed. It's down to its foundational levels, bricks everywhere, and all that. And this is the one comic where like they. They actually have the Avengers like tied up, pinned down, and all that stuff. And for kicks, they beat Jarvis, the human Jarvis. They beat him right in front of the Avengers. And like all the Avengers can do is just sit there and watch. He beats Hercules to the point where Hercules almost died. And one of the biggest moments, one of the most crushing things he did, he tore a picture of Steve Rogers' mother. 
and Cap, like, like he watched his teammates get beat and all that stuff, but the minute that photo was torn, he kind of started crying. You can <laughs> you fight know? my team. You can kill my friends, <laughs> but don't you tear a picture of my mother. Well, but you know what? But the, in all I don't understand honesty, the sentimental value. If you value think about there, it from back, back in that time period, that was major because it's not like, you know, like, well, where can we get a copy of a photo? What can we do? You know, like, yeah, that was like, that's, 1940. That's but it's gone. funny. Yeah, you know? that's gone forever. Yeah. Like, so it's just I, like, I understand oh, the sentiment of it, but just like. But it is funny when you think about it. It's like, about it, it's like yeah, you, but if Jarvis dies, you can't really bring him back either. Well, it's Marvel. They'll find a way. <laughs> That's right. So, Jarvis is the new watcher. <laughs> they'll jump universes. Go use a Lazarus pit. Come on back. Consciousness into a life spider Jarvis. <laughs> spider Jarvis will get <laughs> spider Jarvis. <laughs> While cleaning, I was bitten by a radioactive spider one day. <laughs> I would love that, honestly. <laughs> Hello, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 you play the scene from the movie when he steals the shield and he lands, but then he starts polishing it. <laughs> Let me clean this up for you, sir. <laughs> mm, yes, right away. So how long is it after uh, Zemo takes on the Avengers and loses that he be, that he becomes part of the Thunderbolts? Or becomes Ooh, a, a, I would, I'd say you're talking about a good f- somewhere 15 to 20 years. Uh, because, yes, then during the absence of the Marvel heroes when they were all subjected to Heroes Reborn... Uh, there was a big void. There was no Avengers, no Fantastic Four. I like that you said subjected. <laughs> um, like they didn't have a choice in it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you ever look at some of the greatest villains in the Marvel Universe? I mean, there's Galactus, there's Doctor Doom, Jim Lee. Uh, you know, <laughs> Jim the writers. Lee. Okay. <laughs> oh, what's the other bastard's name? Um, doesn't draw feet. Created Cook oh, uh, Rob Liefeld. Rob you know? Liefeld, yeah. You know, you look at Doesn't those guys. <laughs> it's sad. Like somebody pointed that out to me, and I hate it because now every time I see a, law, a Rob drawing, if you ever look at the characters' feet, they're always pointing downward. So it's like they're all ballerinas in their tippies, you know. Yeah. And you're just like, what the hell? I, what have you done to me? I'm sorry. <laughs> what have you done? It, it to can me? never be unseen. Now. <laughs> now I feel like I've got that Zemo. Like, how's it feel to be behind bars? You didn't win. Did I? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I want to say, yeah, somewhere about that. Because, yeah, um, we got a great comic book out of this deal. The Thunderbolts, just as like lightning. And it was awesome. And you see these heroes and they look great. They're they're hopeful. They're positive. They're very heroic looking. Uh, Citizen V, right? Yeah. That's what I wanted to get to is that my first iteration of uh, Zemo was Citizen V. I I saw this comic book where there's this character. He's kind of wrapped in the flag and he's got this cool mask. The swashbuckler sword. swashbuckler sword and like I'm reading this book and I'm like oh he's got a cool team that he's behind yep. and these and these people seem to know him and stuff like that and then eventually you get to the end of the book or the end of the run and it's and there it's a big reveal that it's Zemo and I'm like I, I don't know who that is <laughs> here's our big mystery huh what now <laughs> like surprise it's Zemo and you're like hey Zemo <laughs> yeah exactly so he's got a weird looking face okay <laughs> <laughs> but like but eventually you know they he gets rid of that Citizen V and then of course I go and do my research or you know I go and read other stories and I'm like oh Zemo is not a good guy he, yeah he's a bad guy and this is this is him doing his redemption and uh, he created I mean he created a cool persona to, to do it but you know obviously it, it gets out that he's not uh he he used to be a villain and the rest of the team also used to be villains yeah well that was the cool twist it was like wait a minute these awesome heroes that drew you in they look good and perfect and wait they're just a group and of they were terrible people. yeah they were <laughs> yeah, exactly they were and you're just like wow that's that's twisted it's yeah, good <laughs> it's good uh and then you know thunderbolts goes on to be whether or not uh, you know, it's it's kind of the suicide. It's kind of the suicide squad mm-hmm. of of the Marvel universe. Where yeah, it's been turned into that now. It's yeah. kind of turned into that, but well, you, like around Civil War, 
Yeah, yeah right around that time. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about the, the Civil War comic, correct? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay, just point, sure. yeah. <laughs> like, like cl- just happened right now? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to be behind again. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, like Norman, eventually, Norman uh, Osborn gets the a hold Green of the Goblin, team. Yeah. And he, he's the, even though he's a criminal at the time, he's he's the head of the team, and he ha- he makes them eventually into Avengers and stuff like that, so... You know, uh, and then Thunderbolts. Luke, Luke Cage goes and is the new warden of the of the prison, and he picks certain villains to be part of the new Thunderbolts team. To, to and it's more traditionally like a Suicide Squad, where these are the these are the team that we're going to send out and stuff like that. Well, and and I like the the symmetry that was there because when Norman was their field leader, mm-hmm. and there was the big uh, what was it? Secret, not Secret War, Secret Invasion. Right. So the scrolls come in there impersonating characters, and and it just so happens that Norman Osborn's the one who gets the kill shot and kills their queen and the scroll army falls apart and everything and so the true hero is norman osborne and you know he gets exonerated and and he makes his own avengers and it was cool because it was like just like the thunderbolts a group of villains portraying themselves as heroes so you had like dakin was wolverine um Mac Gargan, the Scorpion, was posing as well became, became Venom, Venom was Venom. posing as Spider Man, right? And, and you had them, and they were the Dark Avengers, and that was a that great happened. book. Moonstone oh. was uh, Cap- was Captain Mar- or Ms. Marvel, yeah, Ms. Marvel. I, I honestly forgot that Scorpion became Venom, became Spider Man, right? Imposed as Spider Man, right. however you want to say it. I'm sorry once again. <laughs> no, no, I, I forgot that happened, and it's most people should. It was such a what a like! I mean, it's fine because we we talk about legacy and and I guess like I like legacy. I like character growth. Like I'm all mm-hmm. about like give me new characters, give me minority characters, give me this, that, and the other. But don't take something away. And it's like the Scorpion was a cool villain. I just the, the costume look and all that stuff. Scorpion and, and, and Vulture were and two of my favorite yeah. Spider-Man villains. Yeah, they for were. A long oh man, time. '90s Vulture when he was constantly like doing the the youth stealing thing. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. And so you're like, okay, this is going to be great. And then it's like plus plus a Scorpion makes sense as a villain for Spider-Man because. A scorpion and, and a spider, spider fighting yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just it looked good all the time. It looked good, and then it's like, well, now we don't have that. That void's gone. You know, it's like there's nothing there, and, uh, and you know we lost out. And then like, I mean, I'm cool with like right now because now you've got uh, Flash Thompson. He's the one who's got the Venom symbiote. So he's Agent Venom. He's off in space, and it's like, all right, that's that's fun for what it is. But it was like again now we've lost characters like now we have uh eddie brock is anti-venom right i was gonna know, say there's no there's no venom to me but eddie brock yeah <laughs> well that's how it should be like he should be like it, what they should have done was like parts of the symbiote went off in these characters yeah so like yeah let's have let's have scorpion come back and you know gargan is like i'm this being what i was and so he manipulates the symbiote and he now we have a scorpion symbiote type character and just keep him a scorpion give uh, I'm, I'm cool with agent venom but you know it, it's but, something else you know but now we won't get awesome dialogue scenes in comics that's just a a, a scared speech bubble and a regular one it's just keep it together eddie <laughs> yeah. oh, keep yeah. it together eddie <laughs> well, we don't need it. it yeah where it's like we're gonna like oh dude this guy's nuts when we're talking like we we're gonna get you like because i don't know like something i always thought about that because like venom would be very much like we're gonna eat your brains how did Eddie feel about that? Like, was there like was there ever a panel somewhere where they're eating brain and Eddie's kind of like, this isn't half bad, <laughs> but I don't want to think about what I'm eating right now. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought that when Eddie became Venom, Eddie disappeared. Does that make sense? Like, I could see that. Like the, I see what you're like saying. The, the symbiote completely obliterated him for all. But see, I think that I mean, but like it's been proven that when you. 
when you beat him enough, the symbiote kind of falls off of him. Right, but I mean the the fact the, the the whole idea when they wrote when they wrote Venom the way they didn't saying we and stuff like that, it meant so that the symbiote saw them as two different people. So mm-hmm. maybe he did. He's kind of he probably did have like an out of body situation where he just watched himself doing all these things. But then when you get to Cletus uh, as Carnage, he would say I. So the 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 the, the Venom that's two the symbiote different symbiotes meant. though. Right. Well, it's yeah. an offspring of that symbiote. It's, it's an offspring of that one, but. But the, the idea- relationship that Eddie and Venom, the, the Venom symbiote have, are, is very, like, one case in terms of Eddie had almost free will inside of him at points. While as, while Carnage exists, there's no free will. There is only Carnage. Right. And that's what I, I mean, that's what I'm kind of saying. Okay. Is, is, is there of two, Venom is of two minds, whereas... Mm-hmm. Carnage is. is the, yeah, carnage. I could. I, I would agree with that. Like, I see Carnage. Like, they, those two. Like, I, I think th- what helps is with the with the, the the Carnage offspring being so young. It never really had independent thought, and with Cletus just being a sick bastard, when those two merged, yeah, it was like, okay, we are one. But meanwhile, you had like, you give me the means like, to do crazy stuff. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. because like, because like, what I like one of the things about Venom was you know his 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 tortured Catholicism. I thought that was kind of neat because it's like. He's such a jerk that he he truly believes Peter Parker did him wrong. You know, it's like no, you exposed those photos, and it's like, well, yeah, but those were manipulated photos. You were a journalistic liar. You know, you did wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't you understand? That's why you're in the troubles you're in. Nope, nope. Peter Parker did me wrong. Yeah. It's all his fault. <laughs> and, but then it's like as he started doing the Venom things and realizing, like he stood back and because like I did like those moments when he willingly did surrender himself to the police. He's like, you know what? I am. I'm a. I'm a monster. I'm, I'm a done, terrible I'm person. I've done some bad things, and I thought that was cool. Um, but then when they took it totally one sided, when they made him anti venom and he could like heal people with the symbiote, it was kind of like, no, no, because now you're you're giving him the free pass to like make him a bear character. I liked it when he was tortured, when he really had to deal with that racked up guilt. I think that was when great. Venom was that universe's true anti hero. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where, exactly. You know, because like I like because that that those were good moments because then when Ghost Rider would be there, he's like. You've done bad stuff, but right now you're on a path towards redemption. So I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna hope you make the right choice um, instead of just burning you out with you know the pennant stare. And I was like, oh man, all right, that's a cool thing, you know. <laughs> uh, Ian, is is, is there a, a, another story that you were first introduced with uh, Zemo or with Zemo? Yeah, particularly in Zemo. I mean, if if there's not, then you know that's okay. I, but honestly, I I don't remember if there was. Um, I'm trying really hard to think right now. <laughs> I think, I think uh, a lot of people were probably, at least a lot of people of our generation were introduced to him just for the little bit when he was introduced in uh, uh, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, you know, going up against Cap. I'm pretty sure that was Heinrich, uh, more than likely, because yeah. it's, it's just the little bit of... Okay, uh, I, intro- I remember yeah. that. Okay. It's, it's more, it's the introduction of, of Captain America telling the story of, of the bomb and... Yep, because now you have it, down. it's the son avenging for his father. Right, um... It's been a long time since I read the Civil War comic book. Comic book. Was he at all in there mentioned? I would say I, Thunderbolts I were Thunderbolts. I remember Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts but I, I think by that point he was totally divorced from it. I'd say honestly, I don't think he had. I, I can't think of anything that he really did with Civil War impact. It, like off the top of my head, that's the only thing that I can think of. That he might have he might have showed been up a, but, been involved yeah. in. Fair enough. Aside yeah. from the Spider-Man. Now, did you read the Captain America comics of that time? 
of the Civil War. Yeah, because that's when when you had the whole Bucky assuming the Captain America mantle. Yes, I did. He had a big plot line in there. Okay, and that's where he was. All in, right. and, and Brew Baker did a that's, good that's job. That's where I'm thinking. So that's man. probably where, that's, that's where Civil War. That's then. where he was. Because I loved. Uh, I loved Bucky America. Yeah. Like, I like that title. I've never thought about that. Bucky or, America. Or America Jr., whichever <laughs> you prefer. <laughs> uh, it does say that uh, during... Uh, Wikipedia does say that uh, during the Civil War, Zemo had been manipulating the United States government, the New Thunderbolts, the Purple Man, and or the Squadron Supreme, and a host of other relatively obscure Marvel characters. His goals are unknown, and he is clearly still motivated by his desire to save the world by, by taking it over, or at least manipulating it towards his, uh, what he perceives as a beneficial future. So it sounds like maybe his storylines weren't really wrapped up at the end of yeah, Civil War. Yeah, it sounds War. like a writer had a good idea, and then Marvel <laughs> just put out so many Civil War books. Luckily, it's like, well, Brutabaker, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. He's just like, yep. Going. And I'm going to have him be a badass And I enjoyed villain. that about the Civil War arc, is that not everything had to wrap up in a nice bow at the end. No. All you needed was Cap and Iron Man to shake hands and say, <laughs> we're never going to agree on this. <laughs> That's right. And Cap being like, well, this definitely went way too far than I thought it should have yes. gone. And uh, wasn't it in Civil War <laughs> that we had uh, the infamous crossbow moments? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, that's you know, I think is, is always interesting with the end of cross, the end of Civil War in the comic books. The end of Civil War has Crossbones taking that shot. Mm-hmm. He is then accredited with killing Captain America in that book. But then you go on to the re- the, the next book, which is Fallen Soldier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was just well. I mean, there were so many spinoffs because you, you. But you did have at, at publication time. You had the death of Captain America story arc and Cap proper, and then you had Fallen Sun, which was Jeff Loeb written. Five issue miniseries that kind of played well, with one of those Marvel books, heroes. One of those books it. goes on to sh- say that Karen Carter, Sharon Carter, is the one that actually. Well, that would have been the Cap Proper book. Okay, Cap Proper book says Sharon Carter took the actual killing blow or killing shot to, that kills Captain America because yep. she was under the influence of a hypnotizing ray that the Red Skull put on her or whatever. Pretty to, much, yeah, yeah. To making her think that it wasn't, or she, either not making her think it wasn't Captain America or not making her think she was herself or whatever. So. I think it's funny that you, you constantly go back to being that uh, people still say Crossbones is the one that took that, that kill shot. So I don't know. Maybe I, it just I, never I, came. I will always believe that <laughs> <It> Crossbones <was laughs> is the reason that we lost that we lost our dear cap. <laughs> well, and I think that works because that is one of those things where it's like, okay, even if even if you go through with it. Like, can you imagine, like, that could be like a neat miniseries or something like that. Like, you know. Like, how do the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. handle these big problems? Like, when you come down with it, like, okay, let's just use, because more people would be familiar with it, but, like, the Avengers Age of Ultron movie, Mm -hmm. you know? So, okay, when you throw it out there for the press, like, to, all right, you know, here's what what happened. happened. Are you really going to be like, so Tony Stark created this? (laughs) Because now everybody's going to be like, well, super fuck the Avengers. (laughs) You know, like, whatever the biggest fuck is amplify it and you know like they're gonna be pissed and rightfully so like hence why we would have a guy like Zemo in the movie in Civil War which was great those are the perfect motivations who is trying to shut it down because he lost his family and these guys are the real evil right he knows what what actually happened you know during because he's gone through the files of the of the of the data dump that that Black Widow went through like when he says that in the book he says or in the movie he says uh, Black Widow did that data dump I went through it all it's like wow you went through all of that. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And, okay, just well, going going to the Civil War movie real quick. That lady that that stops Tony in the hallway. Right. All I can say is, woman, 
He saved the planet. He did. Like, I'm sorry you lost your son, that, that, but he saved everyone else. But see, I think... But the, he couldn't save Quicksilver. That's right, he couldn't save Quicksilver. Yeah. And he couldn't save that lady's, that lady's son. But I think the, the thing is that it, it, it was a good piece of writing for Tony because... Because he, he, had, he had to learn that there were repercussions to yeah. his actions. But that also, Now the guilt is no longer nameless. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. it, 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 but it also plays into the, to the, to the thing that I think I, I see in a lot in, of Iron Man comic books is that Tony is very easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very... You play it as ego and you can get he, him to do anything. Exactly. As soon as you do that, he's, he's ready to be like, oh yeah, I'm definitely on this. Like, even you see in the first movie, he's like, I'm, I make weapons, yeah, because we need to be, you know, weapons. And then as soon as something happens, he's like, crap. I am a bad guy, you know. Like, you so now I'll make my weapons for me. Yeah, and do no, good I, with them. <laughs> now I'll make my weapons for me that are hackable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I like about Tony Stark because he is—he's the ultimate. Like the, the the old phrase, "The road to hell is paved with good intentions." Mm-hmm. He lives that. Like mm-hmm. it's perfect because, like, if you look at his history, even in the comics, like the Armor Wars, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, my tech's being stolen. What am I going to do? I'm going to go kick everybody's ass who might have used my tech, even if they're and, friendly. Yeah, and that's when he like one of the first times he after he went after Captain America. You know, Captain America was the guy in charge of the the big prison at the day, whatever they called it. And, you know, they fought each other out and and Tony did stuff. Um, When you look at how Forceworks was formed, I think it was Operation Zero Tolerance, if I remember it. And basically, like, the Kree... Well, the Kree... I think the Kree and the Shi'ar were having, like, a big space war and involved Earth. And they got to a point where they got the the supreme being from the Krees, the big head in the, the, the... jelly jar and you know some of the avengers are like okay well let's put them and let's let's arrest them and then some of the other villains like are the red the rest of the avengers were like no let's let's kill him he's a bad guy and tony was just like well while you're all debating i unplugged him i killed him <laughs> i don't care and so that's when it was like boom separation of avengers and tony went and formed his own team with uh force works mm-hmm. so I, I tony's always been that brash guy and that that woman that character in the movie i like that because that was a very nice nod back to the comics because co- that's comic, why yeah. you had tony that was a i remember spearhead. that scene in the comics yeah in terms of like we have to hold you responsible and Tony being like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it wasn't even me this time. It was some kids that were playing around a propane tank or a gas yeah. gas trucker or whatever it was. Yeah. I forgot. Uh, but yeah, so, but uh, once again, what, what, Franny, what would be your uh, first introduction to Zemo? Oh, well, like, I, haven't said it yet. like I said, no, well, I did uh, Avengers number four. Like okay, I said, yeah. so yeah, uh, so I met I met the that. dad first, and then the next time I the next time I, I really picked up his character would have been Thunderbolts. I was like, wow, and then that's when I started reading, and I discovered, okay, this is the son taking over for the father. I need to and, go check out Thunderbolts. It sounds awesome. I've yeah. actually never dove that far into. I think it. if you it, like. To me, the the area of Thunderbolts that I really enjoyed, but that but then again, I didn't really read a lot of it. Is the right after uh, Secret Invasion when when Luke Cage was in mm-hmm. charge of the team that was made out of prisoners from the I want to say the raft, but I don't know if it's the raft or not. It might have been. It might have been. So well, that that part was good because. Um Kurt Busiek was the guy who wrote it, and he is just—he's a fantastic writer. He's, okay, yeah, I've, he's I done know, a lot of Marvel stuff. Yeah, I've read some of his stuff, and I've enjoyed it. So, yeah, so definitely, it's worth it. I mean, it's good characterization. Um, Mark Bagley was the artist on that one, so it's 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 good Sounds art. Like you have a good staff. Good, yeah, it's it was, it was like <laughs> this book is like like 
it's funny because Marvel's like, oh man, we're really tanking. Okay, Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld, here you go. Here's a top tier characters. Make us a good book. And they're off doing that. And, and meanwhile, you have it's like your tier two guys yeah, you know, who are writing like, beautiful yeah, work. So it's right. like, okay, well, Kurt Busiek, who, you know, he only wrote Marvels. Not like that was anything big. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, Bagley, who's just one of the most phenomenal Spider-Man artists. Let's put them on a book with a bunch of villains. Okay, we'll see what happens. Sales are ridiculously in favor of Thunderbolts. And it's like, wow, we're not doing a good job here. <laughs> I know? can't remember who, who wrote it. Maybe one of you could look it up. Um, I really enjoyed The Runaways. Oh, that's uh, Vaughn, right? Brian uh, K. Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn. That's right. Yeah, no, his his like, first I've, five I've, volumes of that book is amazing. The Runaways is a great concept because it's just these these meta humans that well, have no place. That's what I, I you know, and that was great. One of the things is that each one of those kids represented a different part of the of the Marvel universe. Because mm-hmm. one was a tech kid, one right. was a magic kid, one was a mutant, the other one was uh, uh, one was a time traveler. Time travel, yeah, because she like, had the dinosaur. Yeah, it, and then one was from space. Yeah, exactly. She was a, a scroll, or and then there was another power pack kid. And you know, it was just like you took all the greatest aspects of of the Marvel universe and you put them onto one team, and and you made it so that. They were they were new and they and were you made different. them a family and you made them a family yeah a fantastic four family basically you know kind you, of like thing. you you made them you made them a family in terms that uh, it came up multiple times we don't want anything <laughs> else we just want to live our life yeah and no. you know I'm glad you guys mentioned that because that's a big thing that's missing in the Marvel U the literal the Fantastic Four family they're missing the X Men back when they were like hey guys we're a family that's missing you know and it's like, like the, man, the, those were the such essence good of moments. a family yeah. and I'm sad that. I, I can't remember if Runaways came to an end or if it just stopped. It kind of—I think it just kind of trailed off because the, the, the last book, yeah, Vaughn left, and the last book was written by Joss Whedon, which was still good. But then they kind of just trailed away, and the, the different kids started showing up in different things. And and I, I love it when they show up because right. like I don't remember their names, but when they show up, it's like, oh, oh, I've read you. I know what <laughs> yeah. you do. I. I appreciate you. You went to space and you came back because you were all forlorn. But yeah, you came exactly. back and you weren't. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite characters to come out of that group was uh, Victor Mancha, the uh, the one that's the the Doctor- cyborg kid of Doctor Doom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. So he was. I, I thought he was a great written character because mm-hmm. he's he, and he's kind of like Vision and Ultron to the point where that he, they he was created for evil and he had this whole uh, thing that he was going to this going to happen, but then he he. He goes against his program, just like the rest of these kids. That, that was one get... of the, uh, the the sub arcs, was it not? Of, yes. Of him dealing with, I'm a, I'm a weapon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm a bad thing. And everybody's <laughs> like, but you're not. You're yeah. not. You're yeah, you can choose. And like, you can you're, you're a cool to... dude. We hang out with you because you're not a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, but I was built for awful reasons. And they're like, but we love you. You don't have to stay that way. And he's yeah. like angst. And they're like love. And then brooding. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like comic books. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I feel kind of hypocritical for saying Spider-Man annoys me for being a <laughs> story. But, but I love Runaways. <laughs> well, because you can only see a man throw his Spider-Man costume in the trash can so many so times. Many times. <laughs> and then he has to stop. In an alley and fix his hair. That's right, because it's got. It can't be the same. It can't the, be the same because you have to. You have to differentiate. Yeah. And suddenly now he can play the piano real well. <laughs> okay, so where can if the re, uh, listener wants to go and read Zemo, where can you find him right now? Okay, right now the best thing you need to do, and it was a great story. It was one of the better books that came out of the 
these Marvel crossovers, Avengers standoff with an exclamation point at the end. <laughs> standoff. Been, yeah, <laughs> there was the trade paperback standoff, and now we've got standoff. You know, so uh, but it was great. Uh, Nick Spencer, the guy who everybody's mad at right now, he wrote it. Uh, great. I don't want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad at you. No, but this one was a great book, and there's some good Bucky moments. Then um, I'm read it, <laughs> and basically it led to the current the current iteration of the Thunderbolts. Um, so basically, we have the small town Pleasant Hill. And it's like straight out of the 1950s, and you got characters. There. And I haven't finished reading it, um, but I remember like at one point, this guy he he gets he gets like pulled into the town, and he's like, I don't fit in, I don't understand these people. He's very untrustworthy of them, so he's trying to escape, and they keep pulling him back in. Uh, we get Doctor Eric Selvig, so from the movie, from so the now movie, he's yeah. he's going to be part of the Marvel Comics proper. Um, and it's funny because this guy that you discover, you're like, okay, well, we, we, we don't know who he is. I forget. Like, I think they called him James. Yeah, I think they called him James because I was like, oh, that's Bucky's first name. Like, this is going to be, oh, it's Bucky. They're taking Bucky. James you know? Bucky Barnes. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And um, he's at one point has to sit down with like a psychologist. And he's talking with him. And the guy's first name is Bruce. And he's like, oh, I understand. I have anger issues myself. And you're like, oh, hey. man. They put the Hulk here. That's where the Hulk's been the whole time. That's where they and went and hit him. Yeah, well, but the great thing is, and, and that first issue, just the first part, all these twists and turns. And, then, and like I said, at first you think it's going to be Bucky, right? Because they opened it. They opened with him sneaking around a shield compound and getting seen. So like, okay, well, he must have got caught and thrown into this town and this and that. And then once this guy is finally like, he's approached by another person. And they're like, it's a mechanic named Phil. And he's like, hey. I'm going to help you out here. And he kind of looks like Tony Stark. Surprise. And you're like, oh, well, no, um, (laughs) uh, uh, the the, the Beetle, the Spider-Man Beetle, who was Mach 7. Mach 5. Mach 5. It's him. Think, and so, I think that's the car from Speed, Speed Racer. I, the Mach 5 is a Speed Racer. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were right when you said Mach 7. I wish I could he was see. On the, he was on Thunderbolts, though. Yep. Well, and that's what's neat about it is he was one of Zemo's original Thunderbolts. So he, he restores the memory, and then the next page, it's the big splash reveal. It's Zemo. And so he's like, okay, we're going to destroy this town. We're going to take it over. And, you know, like this is basically the bad guys are being brainwashed in a forced to being good people and they're like that's not right and you're kind of like yeah maybe that isn't right I don't know like depending on your stance which makes it's, it good because it, it's political which you know? it, it runs it back to the whole thing of do the X-Men have free will or is Xavier running the whole thing yeah oh, it's wow. one of those little plays yeah <laughs> so so they, they, they go through with it eventually they take over the town you find out that Maria Hill knew about it and enforced it so that kind of makes her a bad guy and at one point she's like I'm okay with that I'm okay with you thinking I'm the bad guy because it was either them or you and I chose to punish them to save you mm-hmm. so I'm fine with it so she's like consigned that she's going to get brainwashed and put in that town she's like that's fine I don't care um, this thing goes crazy all the Avenger teams uncanny all new all different New Avengers, they all cross over. Uh, I recommend probably buying the trade or hardcover because it, I, I hope it'll be collected in a reading sequential order um, or you know get to the Wikipedia and you'll see all the crossover issues. But great story. Um, and then Zemo, obviously, you know he walks away from this with some more sinister plans for the Marvel U. I don't know where he'll show up next. He'll probably show up in the Thunderbolts book, which just launched, and now the Thunderbolts are being led by Bucky as the Winter Soldier, and it's it just looks awesome. Intriguing. Yeah. Well, I was, <laughs> no, now, now I'm definitely going to have to... Yeah. I'm going to need to get, get that from you probably yeah, before we leave so I can do some reading later. Oh, dude, so good. Very worth it. <laughs> Drive my fiancé nuts with, <laughs> with no way. <laughs> Gasp. <laughs> I like that you read out the gas. You just Gasp! Gasp! 
Thwip? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There's the character 101 for Baron Helmet Zemo. We, uh, Baron Helmet uh, Zemo. We have now uh, told you his history, where you can find him, and uh, what we thought of him when we first we first met up with him. Uh, what did you think? What Do you have a story that you'd like to tell about him? Uh Get it to us. Get it to us any way you can. I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. Uh, Ian? I'm at Ian Flux Sucks. So <laughs> I-A-N-F-L-U-X-S-U-X. All one word. Good times. Let me know. I, I love talking about comic books. Hit me up about anything. And Chris? Uh, I'm on the Twitters as at stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. So yeah, I'm really on it. there, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, hit me up. Definitely, it'll probably get me to use Twitter more, which would be exciting anytime to you talk need to comics. Be on Twitter a little bit more. Like, oh, well, thank you. Like, like I, honestly, I would talk about comics with you all day. It's Dude. been a blast. <laughs> I think we have a lot of lunch dates in our future. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're also at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter uh, if you want to. Go uh, to our website. It's geekleetradio.com. We have other podcasts on from the Geekleet Radio Network and also our uh, archive podcast of this particular podcast. The back issues. The back <laughs> issues. Ian, is there anything – what would you like to promote? What is, you okay. know, where can we find so, this, a conversation with this new machine? So you can find a conversation with this new machine. Easiest way is if you get at us on Twitter. It's going to be just at this new machine, all one word. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a link on our on our profile page to our YouTube channel. Um, and there should be a link to our SoundCloud if you just want to listen to it instead of actually going in and watching it. I'd recommend watching it because they're a bunch of beautiful people. Um, <laughs> and I love the, the little things that you guys do. Just like, the, We have a bunch of little tiny edits that happen. Yeah, exactly. Steven is an editing wizard. <laughs> they're very subtle and very fun. Every now and then you'll get uh, a couple pictures of my reactions to things. Yes. There's a really fun video where I try to watch a scary video, but I don't even watch it. I just get too spooked out and then like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. um, that's a bunch of fun. So, um, Jump on YouTube, jump on Twitter. We're this new machine. Uh, the show is called a conversation with this new machine. But as as a as a channel, we're this new machine. We're constantly working on new content, new things to put out. There you go. Uh, anything else that either one you'd like to add for for this episode? Uh, I think I'm okay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. No, it's yeah. incredible. Oh, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, like, like, I love I, talking comics with people. But don't think he's people. going away, folks, because he's going to be joining us in our next episode when we do our challenge for that week, which would be is supposed to be who what uh, the story of what if Spider-Man had joined the, ju- uh, the Justice League. But what I'm in on that. Let's talk about that. <laughs> what if Spider-Man had joined the Fantastic Four? Uh, we're doing the DC version of that. So Taking the classic comic and recasting. <laughs> Make sure to come back next week to listen to Ian and what he thinks of that challenge. But until then, this has been Imagine If presents Characters 101 Zemo uh, on the Geekly Radio Network saying, always remember to geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.